0: Welcome to another episode of Two Ales and Hockey Tales with Wally. And today, I am so excited to have on a 40-year-old from Buffalo, New York, USA. His hockey journey has taken him to the USA, Canada, Ecuador, and Argentina. He returns to the shed a legend after his solo shed trip episode 156. And episode 202 with Deese and Maxi, the best equipment guys in the world have combined for 1,273 goals, plays, or listens. Perhaps that's because he is running amok of the Southern Hemisphere at the end of the earth in Ushuaia, Argentina. They probably thought he was the strange gringo just playing with his wood until he put his handmade twigs in their mitts and built a hockey family. He is about to lead his squad into the biggest tourney ever in South America, the Copa Fan Del Mundo as the player yep, yep. coach and they will be mucking it up on probably the sweetest barn i've ever seen the research team is unsure if he is more famous as a player coach or owner founder and stick manufacturer guy with tipo 9 that are making the sweetest twigs on earth welcome to my back porch matthew mindser
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: thanks wally that was that was a heck of an intro thank you hey Thank you for coming back and making the time. Busy times, eh? We jabbed us in here oh, on yeah. lunch break, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, so you're working today, too?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, I'm actually finishing a glove restoration right now and then headed back to the rink or to the uh, pro shop to sharpen skates.
0: Glove restoration. So i still using the same gloves from, like, gosh, I don't know what year these ones are from, but they're the only ones I got, and they're cooked. I got nothing left so how do you do that
1: well we just re- replace the whole palm the whole palm. Uh, you know the first thing the first thing that goes is the palm you know you get that that hole in the you know yeah yeah it goes and then you get the hole in the thumb and and then the finger starts the sticking goes,
0: out and then you can break a finger real easy
1: yep so yeah i just i just uh take take the palm out and put
0: a new palm in so you're sewing then
1: yeah, doing that as well. Yeah, and also doing some um, restorations on some equipment like goalie pads and whatever
0: else is needed. You're basically just help out however you can, eh? Yeah,
1: that's the idea of the pro shop. You know, it's um, it's hard to get stuff down here, so whatever we have here, we have to make live as long as possible.
0: Yeah, I remember a conversation last time you were showing me the one kid was playing with broken steel, like broken right in half. He just had to keep mucking it up, eh? <laughs> steel now, uh it's one of our new adventures is uh,
1: finding a laser cutter that can cut out three millimeter steel and we can make some new blades. Cause we have that. That's not just one kid. That's a lot of people.
0: And so you're going to have to, you're going to have to figure out a way on how to do it. Eh?
1: <laughs> yeah. We already did a prototype. Uh, it's a little crude, but we're getting there. You know, if it was perfect the first time, it wouldn't be
0: right. <laughs> well um, that's cool. So I get into how we know each other folks and, um, You've already been on before. I don't know how we first got in contact. Do you remember?
1: Yeah, I um uh, I I wrote to you because uh, I was a listener and I I used to when you were playing with the Syracuse, I I knew where you were. I had you written on a little piece of paper and <laughs> 10 years later I find that piece of paper and I'm like, "Where is he?" and
0: and that's how you and then you found out about it that's cool because i don't have a marketing team that's cool how you found that out and surprised <laughs> that you would have wrote my name down out of my syracuse time because i sure didn't do much while i was there <laughs> zero <laughs> points i think they said i hold the record for most games played without a point point. <laughs> and the the most reebok broken sticks <laughs> yes every time the puck touched the blade i'm sure you're making better sticks than that eh? <laughs> I hope so (laughs) um so yeah I get the background folks as you have a pro shop down in Ushuaia the end of the earth right that's where we are right now the end of the earth yeah uh the southernmost city on the earth it's the last stop before Antarctica that's really neat beautiful it looks really beautiful that picture of the I call it the barn but it's an outdoor barn um you have all the mountains around and like is that where this tournament is Yes, it's in that rink. It's an outdoor oh, Olympic baby. size rink. Yeah, it's beautiful. How many fans can attend the match there?
1: Um, last year, I think was our record. It was somewhere around 250, 300 people, but we can put more up. Um, and we were full. Yeah, there, we will this year for sure, especially with all the teams coming. There's ten teams this year, different ten different clubs from around South America, and it's going to be that right. It's ten teams awesome.
0: are going for the trophy, eh? Yep. What trophy sure. is that one with all the wooden hockey sticks? Because that's probably the sweetest trophy I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually the the Copa Lagunero. That's actually our our pond
1: hockey uh, tournament trophy. Did you make that? Yeah. Yes, I did. Yeah, me and my, me and my partner did. Yeah.
0: That is a sweet, sweet trophy. That might be the best one I've yeah. seen. But you know what? I'm also a trophy maker guy too. Um, I made trophies for my pond hockey tournaments when I was coaching under eleven. I cut up my old twigs and trophies, broke them down and made new trophies to play for because playing for a trophy is way more fun than just playing, right? Absolutely. That's right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you and can then, play three on three, you know, you can play three on three in the pond any day, but when it's for a
0: trophy, it's a lot more fun. People get right more into it, don't they? And then you have, that's if it. you lose, you have to watch the other team celebrate and rub right. it in. And if you win, you exactly. get to rub it in. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, trophies are fun. <laughs> yeah. um, Winning yeah. is fun, right? Winning is win, fun. Win, it's like the opposite of losing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's true, though. I, I It's so funny that Matthew Myers was the one that told me. I remember him saying that um winning's the opposite of losing. And then it's like when you start <laughs> thinking about it and you watch like those games where – say it's like the world juniors and canada wins gold in overtime and it's like you see them jumping into the glass and the fans going crazy but then if you ever look at the other kids they're laying on the ice bawling right it's like the exact opposite right
1: no it is second place is the first loser right is that what they say
0: well it's better i i have more <laughs> memories by losing in finals and you do can become brothers for life when you know you do anything for each other and you just weren't quite good enough the teams that lose yeah. first round or don't make playoffs. It's every just kind of looks at each other, well, see you later. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's true. Yep. So how's the squad looking for this? You guys got a chance?
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh we we've been keeping that trophy here in um with our club for a few years now. Um, ever since I've been here in 2019, the trophy's stayed here with us. So uh we're planning on keeping it here.
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, so how does it work?
1: Round robin play two groups or what? Yep. Two groups. Um, actually, so there's, there's different levels. It starts all the way from, uh, under eights, under eight, under 10, under 12, under 14, they play uh, this coming week. And then the next, the following week is going to be adults B, which is like, you know, uh, C level men's league. Yeah. Then like, uh, then, then the women's and then the adults, a, which is a little bit higher. It's, um, some of the best players in the country. Uh, every every team has a few ringers. Uh, I'm considered a ringer, but even though I'm not, I'm I'm no one, <laughs> you know.
0: So it's uh. It's so a, where are a, these other teams awesome coming name. from then?
1: Well, I mean, I, I actually have the list right here. Um, we have a Sim. Some of these names are super long too because they're a-
0: clubs. Your you know? research team got hot too, eh?
1: <laughs> That's right. So we have a which is the Association Civil Escuela Metropolitan Pal- Pal- de Hockey sobre Hielo, right? Uh-huh. they're called asim asim for short they're from buenos aires then we have our club is club Indino from ushuaia we have uh they they warriors they're from chile just over the just over the border here you, you even say the,
0: chile instead of chile, eh? chile. <laughs> you,
1: you, oh yeah, yeah i'm you, i'm actually fighting i'm actually fighting speaking spanglish right now I'm, I'm yeah no You're you're doing it a bit
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> then we have the panthers they're also from buenos aires uh, we really? have Los Neres hockey club. Yep, they're from um, from Ushuaia, from here. Then we have the Olvecas Negras, which is the um, the black sheep. Uh, they're from Buenos Aires, Mendoza, and Bariloche. They're from uh, a bunch of different cities up north. They kind of mix together. They're a rolling the black hockey sheep, eh? Uh, yeah, the Ol- Olvecas Negras. <laughs> yep. <laughs> then we have Vulture, which means the vultures, and they're actually called the the Deportiva Volter Condor Club, <laughs> the Condors. <laughs> then we have the Vikings from Rio Grande. And then we have two teams from Mexico this year, which is awesome. The Crocodilios with the Crocodiles from Mexico and the Calibris from Mexico as well. And those are both two clubs from Mexico. I'm not quite sure if they're from Mexico City, but I'm pretty sure they're from around where that rink is in Mexico City.
0: So Mexico is so, yeah. not that close to Argentina.
1: No, that's like going from Florida to here. It's like uh, traveling three quarters of the earth from north. Yeah. yeah. So they
0: would, they'd fly or what? Yeah,
1: they're flying in. Uh, some people fly into Chile and then take a bus here and everyone else's flies right here. We do have an airport. It's just a little bit more expensive.
0: Okay. Well, yeah, it's good. You got an airport right there. Cause I remember the last time we yeah. talked you were talking about like shipping stuff can take months, right? Yeah. Uh, if, if only months, <laughs> Uh, our skate
1: sharpener, it took our skate sharpener took six months to get here. That was a that was an
0: adventure. Well, at least you have a skate sharpener there. down there, right? And uh, yeah. one of your poster picks, um, obviously, they did something great for you guys down there. You're holding up the Howie's hockey tape in front of your pro shop. So, did they get you some supplies for the the hockey family down there?
1: Yeah, so we're actually our pro shop is just going through conversations now about getting Howie's um sold in our store. Um, They sent with the Friendship League came here. A Friendship League is a group of um, American Canadians, Japanese and Europeans. Uh, They they travel the world to rare, rare parts to play hockey. Uh, They've been to Mexico or they're going to Mexico. They've been to Argentina. They've been to Kenya, North Korea, Ecuador, uh, all over the world. And they're just a group of travelers who want to travel and play hockey. So they actually... When I when I told them the story of what was going on down here, they got together a bunch of equipment. They got together with Howie's and they brought some tape down for us. So I've been giving out uh, tape uh, with, with with skate sharpenings and stuff like that. So well, people, that's once they cool. heard, they're getting yeah. Once they heard, they're getting some tape with a skate sharpen, my my shop was full.
0: <laughs> those people must have some hockey tales to tell if they've been going to those places to play.
1: Yeah, great people too. Like really nice. Um, we, weren't, we didn't know what to expect, but I only try and bring really nice people here because the last thing I would want to do is, like, taint the culture of hockey here and because it's so beautiful. So when I first talked to them, they're like, yeah, we want to come. Like, all right, let's talk first, you know. Yeah. I want to get to know you. Yeah. They're great. great
0: well, people. I got that written down, though, is you're really at the – I think the word is the infancy of, like, the hockey culture in Argentina. And the hockey cultures, when you played hockey all over the place – Every country has a different way of doing it. There's a different vibe around a hockey arena. There's different ways of being a fan. There's different ways of treating players. There's different ways of coaching. Um, so what is the Argentinian hockey culture like? Well, I mean,
1: it's it's similar to Argent, Argentinian culture. Um, we we are very big on sharing. I don't know if you've ever seen the Mate is that cup with this. I don't have one right now. I should. The
0: tea or something? Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. I think you were drinking at it, it the called, one time. I was and I should have one now but I I ran out of time before the podcast. <laughs> but so mate culture is a culture of of sharing this cup of tea. So you know there's like one bartender more or less and then they give it out and give it out and give it out, you know. And it's kind of that kind of culture that that sharing that that social culture and that has a lot to goes into our hockey culture as well. And I I can I can assure you there's not one not one crazy hockey parents. There's no one screaming over the glass at anyone. There's no one who t- tells me how to coach. It's, Jeepers. it's beautiful.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that sounds beautiful.
1: <laughs> it's absolutely wonderful. I actually, some of the parents I don't even know, and I've been here for five years. I meet them when they come in to get their skate sharpened, and I see the skates and go, oh, you're
0: Tommy's dad. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm the same. When I coach the kids, I definitely get to know the kids um way better than I get to know any parents. I'm there to coach the kids. I'm, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that's yeah, cool.
1: And when I used to coach in Staten Island, it was actually part coaching parents and part coaching kids. And uh, I've, I've learned here that I don't have to do that, which saves me uh, a lot of trouble.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. And um, well, I guess my big news lately has been, uh, I I realize how much I have a passion for coaching, how much I like it, um, and how I want to be the best coach I can be at at it because I like being the best at whatever I'm trying to do. And um, anyways, um, uh, I've gotten to go out with uh Ryan O'Reilly for the last um well week. I've gone out four times now. Um what the first time it was just me and him one on one. Um and um, I was moving pucks like I was a hockey player again, and um he was telling me where to put them and I put them where he wanted them. And then he is a shed guy, as I like to say. He's when a superstar is the type of dude you hope he is, um, he's one of the nicest people I've met. He uh he let my son come on the next practice. Um, I got to watch Ryan O'Reilly practice one-on-one with my son, who's 10 years old. Um, and then then he let me bring out a couple of his buddies each time and to think guy was able to provide a day like that to these kids around here. Um, I think it'd be something they'll remember forever. And he was so kind. He talked to them like they were his buddies, like they're just another guy in the room, you know?
1: Right. Yeah. That's um, I have to keep that level of coach, you know, uh, cause you can, cause you can lose that, res- you know, that, that respect a little bit, but at the same time, I am friends with all these kids and, we move them, we move them up as soon as possible, uh, to play with the adults, uh, give them a chance to like, you know, train, train at the highest level they can. So they end up becoming peers, but at the same time, I have to keep that like, Hey, I'm the well, coach here. <laughs> well,
0: yeah, definitely. Right. And then, yeah, they have to listen when you talk. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, uh, yeah, but uh, it's been, uh, like for me, what, when, when I've, when my son and O'Reilly were walking out of the rink together and it had just been the three of us on the ice. And like, I hear my son say to him, like, so do you got anything I could do to get better off the ice? And it was just like, Oh, my heart, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and that he was telling him what he thought he could work on. And, um, and it was also like, play other sports. Don't just play hockey. You got to play baseball. You got to enjoy yeah. other sports and hand eye coordination stuff. He actually mentioned juggling, um, which makes sense. Right.
1: Yeah. I always found multi multi multi-sport players are always the best players on the ice.
0: Well, and the athletes are the athletes, but I I don't think at 10 years old, you should be focusing just on one sport, right? No, that's crazy. (laughs) So what's going on in the pro shop these days? How many twigs are you making a month? I mean, we, we kind of, because I get so busy during the ice hockey season, which
1: is only three months long. Um, I get three months. That's
0: not long enough
1: yeah we do a lot of roller hockey in South America. We're building up to getting a rink, but that's another story but uh so yeah, um, I kind of do all the work the uh, ahead of time. I get all the all the sticks done before the season starts. We also have people using them in roller hockey and um so basically from December until the season starts in 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 June, I'm building sticks um getting ready, doing glove restorations so that when the season starts. You have think, enough because I'll be sharpening, yeah, and I'll be sharpening skates all day long. I don't have time to to stop and do other things. People brought me gloves to to do reparations, and they're they're still not done yet. And they're asking me, "Whoa, why not?" It's like I'm busy, man. Like, I yeah. can't be sitting with your gloves all day.
0: <laughs> and it would take a season. while to fix the gloves, right? <laughs> with all the little stitching in each finger, that would be that doesn't sound like something I'd want to do. That doesn't sound like a hobby to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah. It's, it's something that's a necessity,
0: you know, and my fingers hurt from it, but it's, it is what it is. (laughs) So how many people are playing hockey if you're sharpening skates all day?
1: Um, Well, right now our club has 171 players. There's three clubs in. Yeah. There's three clubs in Ushuaia. There's uh, two other clubs in Rio Grande, which is the other city on this island. Uh, I would say there's over 500 mate, close to 600 players. Then we also have a lot of figure skating and a lot of recreational skating. Um, so yeah, I'm, I've, I've been doing between 80 and 120 pairs of skates a week. Um, or more. I'd get, I'd get a solid. bit
0: repetitive. Eh? <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it is. And some days are, are full and everyone wants to come at the same hour. So it's, uh, yeah. yeah. There's, there's a line. A lot and you time. just,
0: you yeah. just do the best you can. <laughs> yeah. Yep.
1: Um, yeah. It's, it's part of cause everyone knows I, I know everyone knows that I, I love it. Everyone knows that mm. I put time and effort into their skates. And so uh, we have a lot of talks and, and it's kind of great to be there because it's the one time where I get to like, I have five minutes to talk to that person yeah. and they can't go anywhere and I can't go anywhere. So it's, you know, you it's actually awesome, can, actually.
0: yeah, you actually get to talk to them a bit. Yeah. Um, well, here's yep. a question for you. What's the process of making a hockey stick then?
1: <laughs> right. So, yeah, we, we, um, we get it right from the, the lumber yard. We get our our wood crude. Um, it's rough cut lumber. Uh, I start with that. Uh, we, ha- we bring it to a, a secodero or a drying house, um, an, an oven. It dries for about 30 days or 36 days. I think it actually is a little over a month. Then we have the, our dry wood. I cut up the laminates. Each shaft is made of, of nine laminates. And we glue those up nine at a time, nine, 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 nine. And uh, once we have all our shafts, I glue the supports on the shafts. Then we have to glue those, cut the form. If they go to the vapor box, we vaporize them. So we can put our curves in them so that they go into molds. 24 hours later, they're molded. We sand them. Then it's epoxy resin and fiberglass time. That's 24 more hours. Then we sand that up and clean it. Then we epoxy it again. That's 24 more hours. Then it's painted 24 more hours. <laughs> then it's uh silk screened with our logos. 24 more hours. Uh, it, it's each it's step a process. Of the process. Yeah. It's, it's about 12 days to two week process.
0: So uh, you for each... do them in batches then or what? <laughs> Cause
1: that, yeah, uh...
0: exactly. Yeah. So how many would you make at a time? 30 to
1: 60 is a, is a decent batch for two weeks. And I do, I'll do two weeks, two weeks, two weeks, two weeks. And it it actually continuously flows for a few months. We probably make 500, uh, 600 a season right now. Um, Most of our sticks are for intermediate players, beginner players, um, parents who want to play with their kids on the pond because it's, it's, it's not accessible to get sticks here to get a carbon stick and our taxes are insane. Uh, it's, it's just, it's almost impossible for someone yeah. to join the sport. So yeah. to, to get involved in the sport, you need something accessible. You need something cheap that you want to join because my first year kids were seeing us play and saying, Hey, how can I play? And I talked to the parents and they go, no,
0: Too I'm expensive." getting equipment
1: from the United States. And yeah, go play football, go play soccer, you know? Yeah. So I was like, I have to fix this. How do I get these kids that want to play and want to try it? How do I get them to do it? And that the first step was getting sticks. So that's what I focused on as a carpenter. I was like, well, I can do this, you know?
0: Well, good for you for stepping up and doing it because they do need twigs to get going. And, um, I think you're very much the same as me is you enjoy the sport so much and what it can bring to communities in your community. Um, and you like seeing, people get together and play hockey and enjoy the sport, but also it brings your community together, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's the, our, the hockey
1: community has been so tight. It's been growing since I got here. I think there's at least 400 new players since I've gotten here and it's just, uh, it's 400
0: it's new players.
1: Yeah. In the last four years,
0: I'd Inf- say about really? hundred a year and that's during the pandemic. That's crazy. That's a lot. That's yeah. a lot of hockey players. Yeah, it is. So it's, it's really got to really be good. quite fulfilling for you then when you see that happening in front of your own eyes. <laughs> well, yeah, thank
1: God it is. Cause it's, it's not uh, fulfilling to the pocket, but it's definitely great to see uh, more and more players and kids with smiles on their faces. So that does help a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the
0: shed. Yeah. <laughs> I still do this voluntarily too. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's it w- fun when you hear like positive feedback and um People hear nice things when, after they come on about what they said and what they've accomplished. And, um, that's all I need, you know?
1: Yeah, it it really is awesome.
0: (laughs) Um, okay. So how did you make your way down there? I'm sure we talked about this the first time, but uh, you swung through Ecuador for three years. So how does this go down again?
1: Yeah. Um, I was a carpenter. I, I was a hockey coach during the hockey season in the summers. I would go and build log cabins. And uh, the guy I was working with was one of great friends of mine, an older man. And he's a world traveler. But for three or four years in a row, he kept going to Ecuador. Like, why Ecuador again, Ecuador again? You like the whole world. He's like, well, I found the, I found the spot. He's like, all right, this year I'm going with you. So I searched, is there hockey? As a hockey coach, I wanted to know. And I did find that the, in the city, they had a small rink in a shopping mall. And they had a small club and there's actually a gringo club of, of um, Americans who live there now. And then there's an Ecuadorian club. So I went down to start coaching there. I ended up moving to the beach and traveling back and forth from the beach uh, to the city to do classes. Um, but I ended up meeting my wife, my future wife, yeah, uh, in Ecuador. Uh, she was traveling from Argentina. We met there and uh, we left together. And uh, I said, well, if I'm going to Argentina, I'm going to that rink that everyone talks about, the, the Olympic-sized rink at the end of the earth. So.
0: And you knew about it beforehand. A-
1: oh, yeah. It's very famous in South America because it is the only full-size ice rink in all of South America. Oh. Everything else is in a shopping mall.
0: And then it's a smaller ice surface?
1: Right, exactly. It's like a quarter or a half rink like blue line in. And so, so do they play five on five
0: right? or what do they do?
1: No, no. You would, you play three on three. Like the, like the men who play in Ecuador, they play three on three. Okay. It's what it is. They just do it for the exercise, not for the.
0: And you were in Ecuador for three years, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, I was there for a year. Then I went home and realized I didn't like home anymore. So I went back.
0: <laughs> is that right? Eh, you got used yeah, to it. I, so I fell in love with it what if, what's food like in ecuador what would uh, what's a f- dish you'd remember
1: well and you would say like in Ecuador there's like three levels right there's the mountains, then there's the middle and then there's the beach uh the beach has beach food the middle you know is more um i would say farming, and then the mountains is more meat you know so you go from meat to fish and everything in between but I would say my favorite dishes were like ceviche, which is like the like the fish
0: yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. You put it on like a cracker, or sometimes, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, you can. Yeah, I just eat like like a soup, you know. You eat it um, straight of out soups, of it, actually. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there's actually a lot of soups, which is weird, especially on the beach when you're having hot soup on the beach. It's, it when it's hot, but you get, yeah, you get used to it though.
0: <laughs> um, and Ecuador, was, there was ice surfaces. Yeah,
1: there's there were two, and now there's one. Um, after the pandemic, one of the rinks sold to the supermarket who turned the refrigeration into their now cooler for food, which mm. is so sad. Yeah, But now there's there's still one there, but they just built a brand new roller hockey rink. So they have a full-size, beautiful, like NHL-size roller hockey rink with new sports court floor. So roller hockey has been picking up there a lot.
0: Roller hockey is uh, a great after- game.
1: Yeah, and roller hockey is the biggest sport in South America for hockey would be roller hockey. Um, Like I would say the reason – like we have like like how we have the only ice hockey rink here. There's roller hockey in all parts of South America. During our off season, when people aren't coming here to play with us, we're going up north to play against them.
0: Right. Um. Yeah, I played a lot of roller growing up, and I was right into it. Um. Yeah, like I even traveled to Vegas to play Minnesota, Florida. Like we were really. We were into it, um, and I yeah. loved that game. I thought it made me the player I was. I thought it made me more creative in ice hockey, being able to see the trailers, being able to find two-on-ones out of, out of nothing or slowing the game down. It's a totally different game when you you take the blue lines out and you play four-on-four. And um, Yep. Yeah.
1: I think um, when I first started with roller hockey, it was actually when I moved to South America because I knew that there was more roller hockey than ice. So that's when I first bought roller, rollerblades. <laughs> um, and then when I, when I started playing it, I hated that there was no offsides because I was playing defense because I was the best backwards skater at the moment. I was playing defense. and There's a guy behind me and I'm like, what is this cherry picker doing? Yeah. And then
0: you got to stay kind of near him. Right. Cause he's there. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And, it, and then I realized I started figuring
1: out the strategy of spreading out the, the defense and spreading out, you know, for your, for your breakouts and, so I, I figured it out, you know, and, that, and then I started coaching it. So I had to figure it out.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. So what were your, like, accommodations, like, in Ecuador? What are you living in? Where are you living for three years?
1: Um, when, I, when I first got there, I lived um, with some of the hockey guys, actually. Um, and then when I moved to the beach, I have a friend who bought a property here, but only for, in Ecuador. Bought a property in Ecuador, but only lived there for a few months a year. So he had me watching it, and that's where I was, I was living I was living in uh, another guy's property. So when, you know, and keeping it nice, keeping the, the plants watered and, you know, keeping the paint fresh.
0: Yeah. 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 Helping out nice. however you can. Right. Yeah. And, and you, then when and they you, went on vacation, I would go find a little rental, you know? <laughs> right. And then you are kind of, you are trying to like be a coach, a hockey coach down there. Like that's what you were doing as a job then? Um, I actually opened a restaurant,
1: uh, chicken wings and pizza and sushi is <laughs> sushi with chicken wings and pizza it was on the beach and the the fish was fresh like super fresh so i mean i couldn't help it it was really good were it you rolling
0: doing. the sushi were you making it
1: uh we actually had a colombian uh, sushi chef uh who was traveling through and he said let's make sushi I was like let's do
0: it <laughs> um well yeah that i tried making it one night it, it's not easy yeah,
1: I do it. I do it every once in a while. I I love to cook actually. So mm, me too. I've, I've tried just about everything.
0: <laughs> That's cool. So what's your uh, what's your go to right now? If you're gonna make your, if I was coming over to, and you're gonna make your best dish, what are you making me? Well, right now because the friendship league just brought me
1: a bunch of Frank's Red Hot. Yeah. So right now it, I'm making lots of chicken wings and pizza
0: right now. <laughs> I can't well, get enough. And pizza. So you're doing the red hot on pizza.
1: Oh no, I just uh what
0: in Buffalo that's
1: how we eat, we eat chicken wings with pizza and pizza with chicken wings so
0: Right. Oh, you know. yeah, everybody does. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty good. <laughs> yeah, um, when I,
1: actually when I moved when I moved to New York City, when I uh when I was living in New York, they they um they don't eat chicken wings with pizza and I was like, "Well, oh, let's get pizza and wings." They're like, "No, you get calamari with with pizza." I'm like, "What?"
0: <laughs> I, I, calamari. It, okay. The more the more you travel around, everybody does things differently, right?
1: Yeah, it's true. Yep.
0: Yeah, it's everybody's got different ways of doing things. <laughs> um. So then you and your wife left Ecuador together then. I thought you like jumped on a bus with a roller hockey team.
1: Yeah, so we left Ecuador together. Uh. We, we went back to her hometown. I met I met her parents.
0: You were I bitten said, by the going- love bug.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm going to the end of the earth. I got to see this. And she's like, well, I'm going to Brazil because she's a diver. So once, once, once,
0: one sec. Game back on. <laughs> sorry.
1: <laughs> no, it's all right. So, yeah, I told her I'm going to the end of the earth. She said, well, I'm going to Brazil then because she was going diving. So she went to Brazil and I had no money, so I didn't know how I was getting to the end of the earth. I just knew I was going.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Guys from down here got together and said, let's go to every roller hockey tournament we can. But they didn't have a full team. And somebody said, Hey, you know, there's this gringo living up there. You should ask him to join your team. So they called me and asked, and I was like, Hey, can you join our team for this tournament? Like, yeah, but then what are you doing after that? And after that, like, oh, we're going here, 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 back to the end of the earth. It's like, Well, that's where I'm going. Can I go with you the whole trip? And that's how I got here. We went, play it. You played creek. roller hockey
0: the whole way to the end of the earth. <laughs>
1: yep. And we stopped in every city. And to pay for gas, because I, I had no money, to pay for gas, I did a hockey clinic in each city.
0: <laughs> to like to get, get enough gas city. to get to the next city. So yeah. what what would you do at your roller hockey camp to raise the money? Like, what would you be teaching them? Skating and stick handling or what? Yeah, because
1: one of the things I noticed in all of South America is because there's such low numbers in hockey, anyone who wants to play hockey, they just say tomorrow like there's no like starting with skating then learning how to stick handle then so a lot of there are players who've been playing for three or four years who still their skating skills are very low <laughs> and so, they, like, ju- they right, just jump
0: skate. right into the game instead of working on the basics
1: yeah because they're were, they're were so excited to have a new player like yeah you know what we need a goalie want to play goalie like the hardest position in all sports like oh, sure yeah
0: <laughs> silly position So
1: yeah so yeah, so I so I started getting people into learning, and I would coach the, the coaches in every in every city too. So I was bringing like my you know like USA Hockey basic one, basic two, basic three. I translate to Spanish. I would hand it out everywhere I went, and that actually changed a lot of how coaches are coaching because a lot of the coaches never were coached; they just loved hockey. Now they're in their 40s, and they and they are keeping the hockey going. You know. Yeah. So. So they didn't know that, like, you know, what was taught or how, like the systems and uh of how to teach ice hockey or roller hockey. And so th- that there are so many bringing. different
0: ways to do it too. Right. Like there, I yes. no, I've been trying to learn from all these different coaches so I can be the best I can be. Cause I think that's hockey, but like I've noticed that everybody does it differently. Everybody, everybody has their own little tweaks, but there's a lot of people that just copy folks too.
1: <laughs> no. Yeah. The, the, the best coaches are the best thieves. You know, you find a good drill you he's like, that's a good one. My, that'll be good for my kids. You know, and the people that
0: are usually the worst are the ones that think they already know it all. <laughs> if you think,
1: if you think you know it all, you know a lot less than you think you do. That's for sure. That's for sure. If you're well not put. continuously learning, you don't just hit a roof. Like, Oh, I know everything.
0: Right. Cause well, the game's
1: it, constantly changing.
0: And uh, who you're it's coaching changes is how you interact with them what drills to come up with. That's like, I am, ch- I feel like I, I, I love coaching. I think I'm better at it than I was as a player, uh, but I'm trying to learn from all these different people, but I'm also trying to challenge myself was I've coached under 11 boys. Then I coached under nine gals that were house league um, that had never even played hockey. And you have to tailor it to, to your audience and who they are. And, um, and push them accordingly or not push them accordingly. And uh, next year I'll be under 13 boys rep, which will be a new challenge and new players. And um, that's why I reached out to O'Reilly was when you want to learn and get better, you want to learn from the best. And I tell you, man, I go out with him and what he does and what he works on in the summer and these drills he has man, they're so right. much better than what I, that what I was doing when I was playing.
1: Yeah. I, um, I have some, some contacts. There's actually a guy named Tom Molly. Um, who's I, I constantly am writing, asking like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm running out of ideas for our, our under 17s or whatever. And he's like, Hey, try these drills, you know? And there's a bunch of other great coaches, um, around that are, are willing to help me out with stuff like that when I run into a wall. But luckily I haven't, um, I've been I've been uh, flowing. I have a plan and you can never say it's gonna be this this day and this the next day, but you have to have a general plan. Yeah, I, I call it like being on the boat, you know.
0: Being on the boat.
1: If you're on the boat, but Dave's hit hit the boat. So you might go this way and you might go that way, and you might never get to that destination. You might end up somewhere else. But you have to have a destination, and and the the wake in the back is the past. You have to remember it you can see it but it, it, you can't let it drive the boat you have to drive the boat while you're on the boat
0: well that okay. makes yeah it makes it sense ma- to me it makes sense to me because um you, you worry too much about a win or a loss that you've already had and you have the next games coming up you need to be worried about those that are ahead of you not behind you um yep. but uh I do get the, uh, the wave things kind of, I don't know, but, (laughs) um, for me, it's like, I would have a plan and I would like have my little piece of paper that jotted down the general idea of what I wanted to do in practice. And then when I got out there and I either would try something or something else would pop in my brain, I'd see, there's like a time I saw a girl drop her stick and then she couldn't pick it up quick. And I was like, well, we started having races where I would take all their sticks and make them lay down. And then I would throw their sticks like all over the place. And they had to find their stick, pick it up and get to the other end. And it's like, I didn't know I was going to do that. It just kind of happened, <laughs> but um, right, it's like, you always have your plan, but then you always got to be adjusting on the fly. Yeah, too, Right well, now. Yeah. Well now like exactly. Imagine this, for example,
1: it snowed like crazy yesterday. So I didn't know what kind of ice I was going to get. So I have to come up with a plan for if the ice is covered in snow, if it's this thick or if it's this thick, can we use hockey pucks? Can we not use hockey pucks? What are we going to work on? So it's not only just like on the fly, it's also with the, the weather.
0: And that has changed a lot of how I train. I have yeah. to have four or five plans. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, I, it's uh, coaching's exciting. It keeps I, When you yeah. like hockey and then you can see the impact you can have on people um and even like families right that it when you see a kid you coach find their passion for the game and then it pull they pull their parents into being hockey parents and then all of a sudden they're like a hockey family and um you see it just it can be very fulfilling right yeah that's true yep i love it mm, me too yeah um i'm looking forward to our season we're gonna run a am- month <laughs> <laughs> um so another way I I'm still, I haven't really been looking at the notes, but how we know each other. Um, you, I saw a video of you on like a talk show. Um, you're talking Spanish and you were like, it looked like a, a, a pretty big time TV show and you had your hockey stick. In it. to me, if I was guessing what you were saying, you were explaining that you were making sticks at the end of the earth and showing them the sticks, but you were, you were like famous, eh, down there. <laughs> Uh No, I wouldn't say famous, but I mean, I am the only gringo making hockey
1: sticks. Uh, <laughs> and coaching,
0: so. Yeah, yeah, you might it's stick kind of, out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of easy to, to point me out in a crowd. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so here's a cutting edge question. You've been there since 2019. Yeah, that's when I got here. Uh, the January of 2019. Does it feel like home now? Yes, absolutely. Um, how how long did it take till it felt like home? Because I know there's a when you move, and I guess you were in Ecuador, and then that kind of started feeling like home. And then you move again; it's like I've moved a bunch. But when you're going to play hockey yeah. season, you know you're just going for the hockey season, and you you don't consider it really a home. And then after hockey, we moved to Concordia, which was not home. Um, it was new for us, and it took a long time for this place to feel like yeah. home
1: yeah well, it, with, to explain this without crying, uh this community, you're allowed to cry
0: on, on here yeah. Every, lots of people well, do it yeah the
1: the guys in the friendship league uh definitely definitely know that this is a hard topic for me, but <laughs> this community uh brought me in um right when I got here i had I had no money. I had the equivalent of about nine dollars. Uh, I had no friends. um I had a bag of hockey equipment and a box of, of tools. I had no job. And uh, I just I just went out in the street and I found people say, like, hey, I'm here. And they're like, oh, tourists. Like, no, I'm not a tourist, I'm here, you know? And uh, the hockey community said, hey, sleep on my couch uh, for a week and then we'll put you over here and then we'll put you over there. Um, and, until I finally got myself going, I, I walked to the Carpinteria, the, the workshop every day to look for a job. And where um, was your said, no, future no.
0: wife at this point? Wasn't she with you? She was still in Brazil. Yeah. She was oh. in Brazil. Remember and I that's why with, you uh, went there though. It's because you were going to meet at the, uh, in Ushuaia.
1: Yeah. The idea was, is I was going to come check it out. You know, I, I wanted to come for one season, you know, play some hockey at, at the beautiful rink at the end of the earth. And, uh, but this community put me on their shoulders and um um about three weeks after i got here one of my teeth rotted out and i was in so much pain and um uh, the dent the local dentist fixed my tooth for free like you he, don't forget he, he, stuff he like that became, right no he then became one of my uh alumni he's now a, a, a player on my uh men's b team um like this th- the whole community like this community is built up of people that are from somewhere else um there are people who were born and raised here, but it's very few and far between. Uh, as this community is growing, obviously more kids are being born here, and and that that's where the the future of this community is. But everyone who who came here came from somewhere else, and so if you show them a little bit of passion, a little bit of like like I, I have this dream, you know, I have this goal, I have this idea, they will they will put you on your shoulders and they will drive with you, you know, and uh and and this community did that for. What? And I said, I want to make hockey sticks. The first day I got it, I want to make hockey sticks. And they're like, you are nuts. Yeah. <laughs> and look <laughs> like at you, you go like, down, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I uh, finally did it though. I finally, I finally got it going. And, and I'm, um, I'm now the head coach of the entire, uh, one of the entire clubs here, um, Club Andino Ushuaia. And uh, it's a social club. That's a mountain climbing and skiing and hockey club. And uh, social is number one. It, it's a, it's a, a group of, it's a family. And, and this, second, this is,
0: you said, this is a social club with, you said climbing. What was it? Skiing. Yeah. yeah. There's mountain climbing, um,
1: skiing and hockey.
0: And you're the head uh, coach of the hockey. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how many if people would I, be in that?
1: The, the, in the hockey, there's 171. We 170. actually counted the other day. Yeah. yeah. And we actually, cause we counted the other day. That's why I know there's 171. <laughs>
0: Well, coaching um, matters, and I'm I'm sure yeah. they appreciate having a, a gringo down there doing whatever he can to help the community.
1: Yeah. And well, the um, so I'm not the director of
0: hockey, I'm just the coach. The director of
1: hockey actually is one of the greatest players in Argentina, uh, Pedro Baeza. He has been playing on the national selection team since there was a national selection team. Every single game that's ever happened for Argentinian hockey national selection, he's been playing on that team. And uh He's uh, he's a great player, but again, he was never coached. He learned on the ponds and lakes. Most of these kids learned on the ponds. Um, the tournament has only been on the rink since they opened it, and I think it was like 2005 or 2007, and they didn't have any adults playing then. It was only kids, so they only played half ice hockey on an Olympic rink when they first opened it. Um, the tournament has been growing. I think so. I think this would be. I think this is the 11th year actually. So I think it was 2007 or something like that when they first did it. And this is the 12th year of the tournament, and uh, it's never been bigger. It's never had more teams coming from from around the around South America and Central America. And I only see it growing and growing. I want to get more and more people to come down here and play because it really is – it's it's uh, it's mind-blowing.
0: It's beautiful. The culture of hockey is beautiful, and it's just mind-blowing. I, what, I'm just thinking out loud. Would a meds hockey team from, say, North America – have a good time flying down the end of the earth and playing in this tournament and like probably having a time at at night. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, that's what the friendship league just did. Uh, The friendship league just came down here. They brought two teams, uh, the B team and an A team. And uh, they they were a little bit early to play in in the Copa, but we had a mini tournament where we would design different teams to play against them every, every night for the whole time they were here. And uh, it was Awesome. The kids got to see um, players at a, at a different level of hockey. Um, everyone had fun playing against someone who's a little bit better than them and learning a lot. And the, the aura and the energy that they brought down here has changed a lot of what's going on. They, they were helping with classes and clinics uh, while they were here, especially the goalies helping the other goalies here.
0: I don't know what the Friendship uh, league, league is. Huge. Where were they out of?
1: Uh, well, it's, you can look, it's actually the friendship league, one word on Instagram. And that's the group that travels all over the world. Um, okay. Anyone can join their group uh, as long as you're good people. That's, that's the only criteria. And as long as you like. Uh, and then they, they, they that, all pay good. their
0: own way to go do this other places. So they all must have to do pretty well, well to be flying all over to play hockey.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, they don't go, they don't, you know, they're not constantly traveling. They go to go one or two places a year. Um, so yeah, they, they, they pay it, to, to join the each trip yeah. that head gringo <laughs> and he <laughs> takes care of your hotels, your food, your this and that, and the other, and the ice time and everything, you know, he pays for everything. And then you just pay for your pops and, and, uh, your, your, your good times, uh, and, and your flight and you have to pay for your flight.
0: Right. Uh, well, sounds like an interesting idea. They must have fun traveling the world, learning new cultures and how people do it. Right.
1: I'm yeah, having, I having mean, I'm having a I great get, time I in wanna... my
0: shed learning about different stuff. It's like when we met, I right. didn't know anything about hockey in Argentina. And now like at the first, after the first time you came on, there's a bunch of people from down there that started following. And I started, I followed back and it's always interesting. Cause you don't know who you're going to be followed. And then all of a sudden you see these pictures of the most beautiful rinks I've ever seen in my life. Like that one place that you said only freezes so often, that's like a pretty good hike. right? Um,
1: like yeah, that—that's like as a sweet as hike. it looks.
0: Yeah, that's as it, sweet yeah. as a pond yeah. looks, right?
1: <laughs> no, it is, and it—it's turquoise too, because the water is turquoise, so the ice is turquoise. It's just—it's a dream. It's like not real, <laughs> right?
0: Yeah, and then like when you didn't know about any of this stuff, and you learn by chatting around, it's pretty fun, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's seems to be a great culture down there. Um, anywho, what, do you ever speak English anymore or not really? No, I do. Um, my wife is uh, an English
1: teacher, so she's, and know, she's also getting her master's in English for university. So around the house, we speak mostly English, I would say uh, more or less. Um, my partner also speaks English. My partner in this, uh, hockey stick company, uh, he's the owner of the carpenteria of the workshop. And, uh, we're now we have like a, you know, yeah two two sections of the of the workshop. Uh he speaks some English and so we go back and forth in Spanglish. Um there is also one or two of my 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 players in the under 18s uh who are practicing to learn English because they want to get into tourism, which is the biggest industry here. Right. Um so there's there's enough people practicing and learning English that I can I can if I if I don't know the words, I can just go well, I'll tell you in English.
0: Here's another thing I'd written down cuz I What I like about you too is that you care about the kids you're raising up from puppies and you, if you see potential, you want to help them. You did reach out to me about these, a couple of guys that you said um, are junior age. They want to chase their dream. They want to find somewhere to play hockey outside of there to test themselves. And asked, you asked if I knew people in junior circuit, which I didn't really know anybody. And I, I don't know how, who I would ask or, I don't know how good these kids are. I don't know anything about it. But, um, whatever happened to that? Were you like, are did they ever find a way out of there? Or?
1: Well, yeah. Without without saying anything uh, negative about anybody or anything, um, they've they took a different route, uh, because they weren't invited to where they were originally invited to. Um, I, Hockey Canada, Hockey Alberta didn't really want to give the insurance and other things like that. So. They're actually we, – we got them up and uh, they, we got them onto the national selection team for Argentina, and they're going to Florida to uh, play in the Latin American Cup, which uh, is at the end of uh, August, which is Colombia – you know, it's, it's all the national selection teams from, from South America. Co- Colombia, Brazil, Argentina. Uh, and they go to Florida? Puerto yeah, Puerto Rico. It's, it's the closest uh, indoor rink in South America to us is, is the Florida Panthers ice den. Is that right? Um, yep. Yeah. And also, half of I would say, um, the Puerto Rican team is mostly American Puerto Ricans. The Argentine team has three or four um, American Argentine there that their parents or grandparents were Argentine. Argentine. Um, I don't Roman know why I team. thought it
0: was. Yeah, I thought it was Argentinian. It's Argentine.
1: Argentinian or Argentine? Yeah. Okay. With something, something is Argentinian, and someone is Argentine.
0: <laughs> there we go.
1: Now yeah. we know. And then, yeah, like Colombia, Venezuela. Um, and they always bring in another team from another part of the world too. Like one year they had Jamaica, one year they had um, Iraq. Um, really? But they, so it's a Latin American, Latin American cup and uh, uncommon markets on a small market. So, and they have the, the it's like a.
0: What teams are good out of that? Game. Who Who's good in are that? Like, so mostly there'd be roller hockey, hockey right? right? And then they finally show up and play ice hockey five on five.
1: Yeah, except for the except for the guys who are born and raised in the United States who have lineage. Yeah, uh, yeah, most of them are roller hockey guys. Um, and the guys who are who are from here, who are ice hockey guys and roller hockey guys. But yeah, Argentina has won. Um, the the last they won gold in Texas, and then they won silver in the last uh, in Florida. So this is the next one in Florida. Um, the Puerto Rican team. I don't know if they have anybody who's living in Puerto Rico on that team. I think they're all from New York. Um, they're really good and we beat them in Texas, but they beat us in, uh, in the last one in Florida. So it, that, I think that's going to be one of the biggest rivalries this year is Puerto Rico versus Argentina. Oh, that's,
0: th- yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, competing is fun and trying to play for your country would be really fun and, uh, I'm sure those kids will have a blast. Um, so those kids are, were how old, what were their names?
1: Uh, Aleco Um, He just turned 18 a few weeks ago, uh, so he still he still has a chance. Uh, it's just not this year. This year he's going to Florida. Then he's going to come back, and we're gonna we're joining the National Selection uh, Roller Hockey Tournament as a club. Um, to to be allowed to have a National Selection Team, you have to have a National Tournament. So for Argentine um, Roller Hockey, Argentinian Roller Hockey to to go to World Tournaments. They have to have a national uh, tournament in, in the country. And our club is one of the clubs in that national selection and that highest uh, ranking of roller hockey. Yeah. So he's going to Florida and then they're coming back here and we're going to that tournament.
0: Okay. And hopefully maybe, people maybe see year. him play, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. We're going to get as much film. Like we, that's the, that's the thing we didn't do. We never got film of him playing, you
0: know, that, that's, that's all that's on us. <laughs> I guess. um it's Yeah. Like it, it it's interesting. It doesn't take that much now to take some short videos, right? It's like I was doing yeah. it with O'Reilly because I wanted to remember some of the drills too, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I
1: keep my phone in my locker. I'm afraid to break it. Uh, I can't afford a new
0: one. Yeah,
1: I I guess I'll br- I guess to start bringing it on the ice with me. I guess. So.
0: <laughs> Just make sure it's in a nice case, right? And then, it'll be well, fine. yeah. And actually, the the Copa Fin del
1: Mundo this year is gonna be televised on uh the TV Pública Fuegina, which is the um, the public access channel for this city. And it's also going to be on Deport TV, which is like the ESPN of the country. And that's cool. Public, uh, public access of the unite of the entire nation. So if you're in any part of Argentina, you'll be able to watch these
0: games. Um, live. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like a really fun YouTube. tournament. Yeah. That sounds yeah. like a great tournament. So how are you doing these days? It's I, uh, what are you, you're 40 now you still running amok. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I save it for the tournament when uh when we're training uh I don't want to hurt some of the guys that are on the other team you know because they're they're my other team and I'm the coach yeah, so I save it for the games but um but yeah i'm still I, I still got it you know the last <laughs> tournament we played I had a few goals and i'm still I'm still putting them in and yeah uh, I'm playing half we have a we have a nice cycle going from uh my my winger and I play defense
0: yeah so At when the high cycle. Had ranks,
1: yeah, when he doesn't have legs, I I take over and uh, and take up the wing. So,
0: yeah, yeah, the high cycle, yeah, I, yeah, I could see he's dipping down in there and get some goals, eh? Um, so yep. here's a question: as a aspiring coach, what's your favorite drill? Um, recently I've been doing
1: the 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 regroup. So you have two defense on each side, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have three attack. So then you. You do a breakout, then you do a breakout, and then you do a breakout again. The three breakouts, and then you do, do a five
0: against two. You understand yeah, what I'm saying? I do. So you're like talking a, breakouts yeah. or you're talking neutral zone regroups?
1: We, You can do either or. Uh, when we start it, we dump the puck. Uh, dump the All puck the way the down.
0: Yeah. Yep. So then so it's a legit a Breakout. breakout. Yeah.
1: And then we break out to a regroup to a breakout to a five on two, more or yeah. less. Mm-hmm. You can, you can kind of choose between the two. I, I let them kind of just figure it
0: out. Yeah. I gotcha. That's a good drill. Yeah. So I, know I like
1: that one. that one. Yeah. Cause it keeps everyone flowing and moving and you yeah. know, it takes I, a few seconds. Then you bring, bring in seven more guys.
0: Well, and neutral zone regroups are important um, to do them clean and tape to tape as well as breakouts. If, if you don't make passes tape to tape, then the whole play's shot, right?
1: That's, Exactly right. I'm mm-hmm. gonna I'm gonna cut that part out and share that this part of the show with my kids.
0: Well, it's <laughs> it's true though. And when you see the yeah. kids practice and they they're just like, "Oh, I'm just passing it over there." Like, "Oh, look how easy that pass is." It's like, well, in a game, you got to make that pass tape to tape so that guy gets it in full stride and is going or can take a shot right away or can one touch it. Every pass is so important. And it was like uh my so the Toronto Maple Leafs just hired my former coach from the Daytona beach bombers, Derek Clancy as the assistant GM. So I know, and he's been on my shed, the assistant GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs, but he was the one that told me my rookie season. He said, coaches don't care as much. If you're digging in and you're skating as much as you think, what they care about is tape to tape passes, handle the puck, right. And don't mess up. Right. Then it's true. Yep. Yeah, I, it
1: is. It is like, being clean with the puck is everything. It, it really, it really is a game changer. It changed everything. It, it, my, it's my true though. The and then you
0: see Ryan O'Reilly do it and you're like, well, that is doing it clean and that's how you make yeah. things happen.
1: <laughs> it's uh, and the, the, the hardest thing is, is I'm still breaking a lot of bad habits, you know, because yeah. they played without, without proper coaching for many years. So they still do the shoot and skate to the corner. Mm-hmm. You don't stop in front of the net. You know, like there's still a few of those things that, like, you gotta stop. You got, and they know it. Cause I've said it a million times. They go, Oh, you're right. I know.
0: But they just, well, that's you know, where the goals are, back, right? Like, the goals are at the net. And it's, it's like you know? when I like watching the, the fellows last year, um, you see the puck go up to the point and everybody's watching the guy with the puck at the point. It's like, well, you need to get to that net. Cause once it's up there, it's going to be coming to the net and that's where the puck's going to be. You don't need to be like, be standing there looking at the defense and at the blue line. You need to get to the net. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. It's where they get the goals folks. <laughs> right. uh,
1: garbage, garbage goals and dirty goals are something that I'm really working on because even they count, they count the it, exact
0: like, same as the pretty ones. Yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly. And my goal is you live and say it. Like how many times does a, a garbage goal go in? You know, a lot more often than those pretty ones, you know. It's like it's like, yep, come on, guys, we gotta just dig. Dig on the net.
0: Yep. Um, so moving on. Where and what are you doing now?
1: <laughs> well, I have to finish up this podcast and then go to the workshop and sharpen skates. But starting on Sunday is the uh, under eight, under ten, under twelve, under fourteen for the Copa Findel Mundo.
0: So how much starting, of that are uh, you coaching? Do you have a team in each – like how much coaching do you do?
1: Um, Well, we – to spread it out so that we're not all overwhelmed, um, I'm going to be assisting with a, with almost every team, but my team I'll be coaching for this level is the under-14s and the under-16s. Um, the under-14s play the last – so 11 o'clock in the morning, and the under-16s play at 10 at night. So those are my two teams. Uh, for, Did you for say the, 10 at tournament. night? Yeah, we don't have ice during the afternoon here uh, at all. Uh, we just had practice uh, 7 to 8 and 8 to 9 in the morning before school and before work. And then uh, the, we don't get full ice until after 10, uh, after, after 10 p.m. Um, they have public skate all day long. They could really care less if there's sports going on. We share the ice sometimes with figure skaters. We do half and half ice with figure skaters and try not to hit them with pucks. Uh, we kind of just do whatever we can to get ice time. So a lot of our ice time is 10 to 11, 11 to 12, 12 to 1.
0: In uh, 1 a.m. Yeah.
1: That's the only time we have available. And then I have to, then I'm that, back. Doing I remember it when
0: we, I, there was like some summer, um hockey leagues or whatever and this was back when i was still playing i'd be home for the summer and buddies would ask me if i'd come play for their men's night team and they'd be like oh yeah it starts at midnight i'm like pardon me <laughs> yeah, what
1: and that's that's what we do that's yeah. what we have to do here because
0: it's public skate all day long
1: that beautiful ice rink is beautiful and they have a full all day long with public skating so
0: right people are going to want to go skating, skating and- out there <laughs> when it looks like yeah, that yeah
1: the rink doesn't even have their own nets the clubs own the nets
0: really like they
1: could really they could really care less about us yeah
0: yeah they're, <laughs> they're a skating rink more than a hockey rink
1: yeah so we when we do have this tournament we take over a lot of
0: office.
1: we're traveling from all over the world to come here for this you know like we're bringing tourism to the city and blah 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 and yeah. And you, you still, it's getting you still can't though. get the
0: middle of the day. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be nice. Yeah, right. Still can't get the middle of the day. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yep. So what uh, in Tipo nine, your, uh, your hockey shop there, what do you think is the coolest thing that you've made or built? I know you've done sticks, but like, is there something that really sticks out that you're like, I can't believe I got that done. You know, those
1: um stick handling balls, those little,
0: yeah. the wooden balls. Yeah, like the Swedish. I, don't
1: know, I think they're they're Swedish or Swiss or whatever. Uh, they're made famous from those.
0: Yeah, like the it's it's like the shape of a golf ball, right? Yeah, or it's just a little bit bigger size yeah, of a, golf, a ball, shape, golf ball, not shape. Jeepers! Yeah. Yeah. Wake up, Walton. <laughs> 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 it's a
1: little bit bigger than a golf ball. Um, it's it's made so that the the fattest part of the ball is the same height as a hockey puck, so that way it touches the stick in the same spot you know, or something, you know. Huh. But when we first made those. Uh, you have to put the wood on on a on the on the turn, and then the, you have to. I believe it's called drill. the
0: spindle. <laughs> yeah. <Maybe.
1: laughs> uh, we call it the, the 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 turno. I don't know the, the turner. You, you have you have the wood. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you have the you have the wood spinning this way. Then you have a drill press with a big cutter spinning, and you drive the two into each other. And that was like a like that is cool. <laughs> and it <laughs> worked then. On it. It. Yeah, you made a ball out of wood. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's actually a, a video on Tipo 9 of us, how we made them. And huh. uh, that was actually, I was actually pretty impressed by that. I think that's one of the coolest things
0: and, we've done. <laughs> and, and then when you'd see kids using them and stick handling, you'd be like, that's neat, right? <laughs> yeah, was like, yeah, it's like, yeah. Every
1: time of, I see a kid with a stick, it's like, uh, I made
0: that. <laughs> you, you know what? I know exactly what you're talking about. Because like I go to my son's baseball practice and I show up and there's a kid wearing a two L's and hockey tails shirt with his name and number on the back. my heart just seizes up just a little bit. Right. (laughs) Yeah. No, yeah. It is cool, man. It is cool. And it's like when I go to the track and field meets and then there, I see kids ripping around two ale shirts and it's like, man, that that's living. Right. (laughs) Uh, and they, and the kids that I coach love taking shed guy selfies. Right on. Yeah. So how many curves are you making these days?
1: Uh, I stick to two basics uh, and then I a do a toe and a heel or what? Sticks. I just do the, the mid curve, the 88, and then the open toe, the 92. Um, the heel curve is for me. I make myself the heel curve. No one else wants it. And there's actually like a really, really heavy toe curve that one guy likes. And so I'll make him customs, custom sticks. We actually, he only buys the blades and he just changes them into his shaft. Well, but I, I'm mostly I have... sticking
0: to 88 to 92s. Those are probably the most popular, but uh, not to bring up O'Reilly again. But have you ever seen his curve? <laughs> it's something else, yeah. <laughs> so like, as soon as I went, it was just me and him one on one, and he did a wrap around, and like how smooth he did a wrap around, and he was hardly, he was still behind the net when he was putting it in, and with that toe thing he's got at the end, he had the puck yeah, just was- stuck on it. And he could whip it around into the net and like right into the corner that it was like, well, that's a useful curve for that. And then when I got thinking about and talking about it and my son was asking him about his curve, um, some toe curves, I always didn't think I'd like them because it starts too far down the blade and then it's going to affect your backhander. So your backhander usually starts around your heel. Right. But then Once you get into that toe curve, then you can't backhand, right? And you can't raise it. But his thing right at the end wouldn't affect your backhand because it's right at the tip. Like you've already backhanded it off the blade by then. I just, I just, I I guess I'm curious what it would be like to take a forehand snapper with that thing on the end. Right. But he sure got it figured out.
1: (laughs) You know, I've never, I've never actually tried those, those heavy toe curves, you know,
0: those, those oh. fishing hooks. Uh, I should probably try one out. Well, uh, one guy that well, like I, I really looked up to as a kid that ran a muck and pro Rob Collins, um, who was one of the best players in the DL for years. He said after the game years later, now that he's coaching, he tried a toe curve and he said, it's a game changer. It's a life changer. He said, mm-hmm. and I still haven't tried one, but it seems interesting
1: yeah my stick's almost flat like i have the heel curve again and it's just it's just flat after that it's literally straight <laughs> so just
0: I'll just to, uh, right at the end just a hook a heel yeah yeah
1: mine mine just says it, it curves on the heel and the rest of it's totally straight just yeah. straight as an arrow <laughs> i don't know uh, they don't even, even make, make my curve anymore
0: yeah i was a linden yeah. way back in the day i don't know if you remember the linden curve right yeah, yeah. That, that was the one I always made. Now they don't even make them anymore. But what are you gonna do? Mm. Um, okay. Um uh, poster picks. So Darius Casparitis, I know who that is. Um, we talked about him. He came down to Ashwaia then and skated with all your crew.
1: Yeah, he was here last year. Um he he came down with the uh, the last game. It's a movie being produced by John Albert, um, another guy who's traveling around the world and filming in every small Hockey community that that he can find, and they're making a movie for for Netflix, um, and John Alpert picks a different guy to go to each city, and we got lucky enough to have Darius Kasparais, uh when they came here.
0: That, that was pretty cool. That was
1: something. Yeah, he chirped me the whole time we were here. Good. He chirped me hard. Yeah. Good.
0: That's what you're he, supposed to do. Yeah, that means you care. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, it's because uh, he scored. He scored the game-winning goal against Dominic Hasik to knock us out of the playoffs. Back when he was, you know, using a wooden stick. So Every time you saw a wooden stick, he's like, "I used a wooden stick when I scored against Dominic Hasik." <laughs> <they were> like,
0: <laughs> oh, you, when you say us, you're talking about the Buffalo Sabers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Darius Kasparaitis was an animal when he played. He was a gamer as as a gamer gets. <laughs>
1: Yeah. No, he's, yeah, he was a great guy. And to be honest, he was, uh, he was, he was really great with all the kids. He left his sticks here. You know, he was, he was awesome.
0: That is awesome. Um, so when we talk about how far sticks have come and, um, the sticks you make, you say are for beginners or intermediates, what are your aspirations with the stick manufacturing? Like, where can you go? What can, are you happy with what you're doing now? And you're just going to continue that? Or is there anything new you're going to try? Um, I I originally thought I was going to maybe get Warrior CCM,
1: um, but knowing the market pricing here and knowing how much families are, are family incomes are and stuff, I was thinking there might be a, a better chance at having something manufactured with our name on it mm-hmm. um, at, a, at a, a lower price stick um, to get to get carbon fiber sticks to here at a reasonable price. So I've been looking into that. I have friends who do that in Buffalo. Uh, I've seen other people do it like,
0: cause the like, manufacturers, like you mean that, make a carbon fiber shaft?
1: Yeah. So the idea would be use the same manufacturers that CCM Bauer warrior use and just have them make sticks for us and uh, you know, right. Put our name on it instead of their name. Right. So yeah, I'm hoping that that's, I'm hoping that that's the direction we're going to go. I mean, like I said, when I got here, I got here with nine American dollars. And so I've been growing since then. Um, I'm still not up to the point where I can afford to do a giant shipment of sticks yet, but I'm getting there.
0: (laughs) Right. And yeah, no, it'd be, it would be cool. It's very much like making the t-shirts for your team, right? Is Once you get them and I remember ordering them and waiting for them to come. And then that day you open that box and you got your whole team t-shirts and you get to give them out. It's like, I could just picture how happy you'd be the day a box of Tipo Nine carbon fiber sticks were hitting the choya, right? <laughs> yeah,
1: and you know the the weird thing is, to be honest, the wood that we use for these sticks, uh, it's it's light, it's flexible, and uh, I mean the, the weight difference when you hold both sticks, you can barely tell the difference between a carbon stick and and one of our sticks. I, I mean, would, I really, was, I really wish it was, I really
0: wish it was easier to get a stick of yours to the shed. Cause I would love to go out and coach with your stick. I think I'd look yeah, fantastic to, with we're a one to work on that. stick.
1: Yeah. I think you would look good with them. <laughs> I would, but yeah, we're, we're getting there. We can get for the adult sticks. I'm doing everywhere from like 85 flex down to 65. So, I mean, we're getting, um, you know, up to that. And the junior sticks are down to like 40 flex for, for the really, for like the under eights. So,
0: I mean, they you, must, have, you must be pretty intricate yeah. with building them if you know exactly what the flex is going to be when it's over. Right? Yeah. The uni- the
1: university here built me a flex machine so that I can put the stick into the machine and test uh, how much flexibility
0: the, the shaft has. And so it's, it's dead ha- on. And, and every stick is like exactly how you want it? There's no mess ups yes. or what? I mean, yeah, it's wood.
1: So, I mean, it's natu- it's a natural. That's what room. I was
0: thinking. It's wood that like. It's can't be exactly right.
1: <laughs> yeah, it? I get, I get pretty good. I, I, I've done enough tests that I, I know that I'm going to get anywhere from here to here. And then once I put them in the machine, whatever it says, that's what I mark the stick at. <laughs> and it is what it is.
0: Right. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. So how much are your sticks going for these days?
1: The senior sticks are, if you do it in American dollars, uh, the senior sticks are about $45. Uh, the, all the way down to the under eights. Under eight sticks are about 30 American dollars, more yeah. or
0: less. No, that's way more affordable than what's going on around here. You know,
1: yeah. And then like uh the, then we have little baby sticks, you know, like the like one meter long sticks, and those are like 15 or 20 bucks. So
0: that's cool. Um, it's gotta be cool seeing people rip around with sticks that you've built front with your hands.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It is
0: cool. <laughs> it would be, yeah. Um, okay. So it's kind of like when chocolate gets thrown on the ice all over the UK, and it's from talk, talk, talking <laughs> right. in your shed, right? <laughs> Have you heard about that? <laughs> oh, oh, absolutely! Which, I'm, not, I'm, a, I'm a listener. Now that I, I, I better bring conference. this up, is I'd always forget to bring things up on here. Um, I'm having a raffle at aleshockeytails.com, and that is to raise money for Rich Bateman's uh, recovery from a massive stroke and get him home to his family as well as half the money is going to sponsor the captain of the Manchester Storm, um, who started the Chocolate Storm in Manchester, England. Um, And then he would be ripping around the EIHL in the UK, the captain of a professional hockey team with a two Ales and Hockey Tails logo on his jersey, right? Because that is fun. And fun is fun, right? (laughs) That's right. Buy your raffle tickets at aleshockeytails.com. It's a two ales and hockey tails jersey, folks, and um, it's sweet. And if you want to win it, you gotta buy a ticket, right? <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, that, that that will be cool when you got a, a like a, a logo. Where, you know where it's going? Is
0: it going on the back or is it going I on the don't. shoulder? I or? hope it goes right bef- beside the sea, but I don't know where it's going. <laughs> <laughs> right there. Yeah, no, I have no idea where it's going, but it's just to think of seeing a picture of him scoring a goal with his. He's got no chicklets. He's going to have a big smile on his face or he's going to be holding a chocolate bar and it's going to say two ales and hockey tails and he's holding a chocolate bar. Like from your shed in Concord, Ontario, that can make you smile and laugh. right?
1: No, that, that does sound awesome, but
0: yeah. So buy your tickets, folks, aleshockeytails.com. Didn't forget to bring it up this time. And the other thing I got to bring up is my website maker guy got a new job and is really busy and would support whoever wants to volunteer to be my website updater guy or gal. Uh, Just let me know if you're into it, and then you could be a volunteer like the rest of the squad, right? (laughs) But seriously, we need a website updater person, okay? If anybody's interested. (laughs) Okay. Poster picks. The Argentina national team jersey is is pretty cool a eh? a big sun there is is—is that's the flag then is that similar to the flag yeah uh
1: the, the one in the photo is um the roller hockey jersey it was actually gifted to me um to put in in my pro shop because um i sponsor the goalie of the women's national selection team uh for for argentina roller hockey Kind of like uses, sponsoring uh, the captain of the storm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She uses uh, tipo nine wooden goalie stick in in world championship games, and that's
0: got to be cool to see.
1: It, unreal! It's unreal. That it's is really unreal.
0: Cool. Yeah. Um. So, how different is it making a goalie stick then?
1: Um. Actually, we we uh, I've been I've been working with them for a while now. It's it's my fifth year doing this. So, I've gotten them down to almost the same weight as uh as as her regular stick but the difference is is because it's so hard to get stuff here when you go into a hockey store you can you can test each different curve you can test each different flex the goalie can uh, i like this paddle length no this paddle length she she can't do that she just was using whatever she got it's a huge paddle and she's really uncomfortable in the net with this huge paddle
0: yeah and you can see that
1: i measured her up yeah, I measured her up and said, this is the, this is the size that it should, would be working for you better, you know, let's try it. And we made a, a stick exactly the size she wanted, so
0: it yeah. was, you know. And I gave And being comfortable is thick. a thing. <laughs> it's yeah, like when you see a kid with, with a stick that's too long, and you're like, you're not comfortable. Or you see a kid with a stick yeah. that's too short, and you're like, well, that doesn't look right. <laughs>
1: yeah. But yeah, like seeing her actually comfortable and being able to play the right way, it, it changed her game. So she's like, yeah, I'm for, I'm for sure using this in all the games. So
0: yeah, that, was a that, proud moment. that would be a proud moment. And um, I used to play for Team Canada and roller hockey, or I did, and Team Ontario. And I, I 100% played New Zealand and Australia. And it was in Kitchener, Ontario, Canada, folks, if... Any, I don't remember what all countries were there. I don't think Argentina was there, but there was some cool countries we played against, yeah,
1: they're getting there now uh, the last few that they went to were in Italy. um that was the last one I remember um I think this this year they're going somewhere else and next year they're definitely going somewhere to New Zealand actually I think can but, you get um, when
0: can you get your Argentine pass and be a part of this <laughs> um I want to coach uh
1: I'm, I'm, I'm turning, you know, I'm, 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 I'm pushing 40. I want to play ice hockey here and and just coach my, my goal is to get more kids from this town onto those selection teams and not just the kids from Buenos Aires and the gringos who have the passport, you know, I want to, I want to get, you want, you want to raise your
0: puppies right and get them to where. Yeah. And for me, that's my favorite thing is seeing little shed guys and gals become successful. Right. It's like when yeah. I started this, I've had on some guys that I played with when I was older in my pro career and they were just starting out. And then you see mm-hmm. now that like so they've become legends for the teams they're playing for. And it fills you with pride when you see the younger people doing well. Uh, but also yeah. the, like the line mates and teammates you've had. There's been guys that have got their jerseys retired and stuff. And um, I always say it takes everybody to win. For those kids to win, it takes everyone, and it's gonna take you helping them.
1: Yeah, and like and that's what I want to see is when they when they do the list of names before the game, and they have the little you know name of where the city that they're from at the end. I want to see Ushuaia, 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 Ushuaia. You know, that's that's my goal.
0: Yeah, and that's when people are in it for the right reasons. It's a beautiful thing, and uh, sounds like you're into it for the right reasons, right?
1: yeah well i hope so
0: <laughs> well yeah, yeah you're doing it for the love you're not just doing it for the money and you're trying to raise people right you know
1: yeah well that's that's right yeah that's true <laughs>
0: okay Tipo nine pro shop um cool little building there but so how'd you come up with the logo it looks like a like an angry road runner with a hockey stick
1: <laughs> well uh it's yeah, a cool it's, logo um, it's a woodpecker
0: that's a woodpecker i knew that it looks yeah that's a woodpecker you're right yeah.
1: so it's a because yeah i get (laughs) you yeah
0: that makes sense (laughs) here
1: here the the name of the woodpecker is the carpintero, and that specific woodpecker is from this part of the earth from patagonia
0: and it makes a lot of sense now that's why i asked woodpeckers
1: (laughs) woodpeckers here are massive massive birds
0: and they could probably really damage a tree then eh
1: yeah and that's why all of our sticks are red, black, and white, uh, because the woodpecker is red, black, and white. And that's why the logo is red, red, black, and white. So we're sticking with the, uh, carpinteros, uh, the woodworkers.
0: So now that yeah. it, uh, it's cool. Um, uh, so then those people yeah. that were standing outside your shop, that would have been the people from the friendship league.
1: Yep. That was the friendship league. They were coming by to, to see the, the pro shop at the end of the earth. And they did bring some sticks back with them. Um, uh, I, I have pictures of, Guys using sticks now in Hawaii, in Japan, um, in in northern Canada. Uh, uh, one guy in Buffalo has
0: a goalie stick up on the wall now. And
1: I would yeah, totally uh, put
0: one of your uh, sticks up in the shed if I had one. But I'd actually want to use it on the ice coaching too. You know?
1: Yeah, right on. Well, when I get when I get more sticks out of here, that you're on the list for sure.
0: Oh baby, yeah. Um, it's it's interesting though, right? It takes money to do stuff. It's like I want, I wish I could make shirts and hats for every shed guy and gal that's came on and send them all over the world to all of them but you can't yeah right
1: yeah and we're and I'm working with a hundred and fifty percent uh tax and that that's the biggest thing for ushua is anything like for imports right if it's a hundred dollar stick it's costing the kid here a hundred and fifty dollars more so a hundred dollar stick is two hundred and fifty dollars
0: that's and
1: yeah, and the family income at like fifteen thousand a parents, you know, it's not like yeah. Now hockey's expensive up there; it's twice as or more expensive down here, and we have less income, so it's a battle. But that's part of why our club uh, does hockey for seventy dollars for three months. It's seventy dollars for three trainings a week. You get your two practices and your game on the weekend for seventy bucks for three
0: months. So it doesn't, the club. So the it, whole, that's, that's and that's your whole hockey club. season. That's yeah. three months of seventy ice bucks. Of, yeah. So your ice hockey yeah. season costs you $70. Yep.
1: And that's so your the stick's going like, to cost you a lot say, more
0: than just playing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. That, that's also why our club um, has been getting lots of donations of equipment. We give out all the equipment to the kids so that they're not buying it and then growing out of it. Um, we rent it out to the kids each season. They give it back at the end of the season, then we give it out to more kids the next season. And that way you can try hockey without throwing you know a lot of money into it.
0: Now that's the people need that. And you need to know what your kids are into, but they got to be able to try it to know, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, and uh it's interesting all the shed guys doing good stuff around that. Reminded me of Kyle Rank in Almire, Ontario, where I'm from, guy I grew up with is running friends of hockey and it is, uh, him doing it. He's got a thing set up in the arena where people donate their old equipment and he gives it out to people throughout the season. And it's basically a, a equipment exchange and it takes someone to, um, step up and do that for the community. Right.
1: Yes. Uh, and uh, you know, Uh, every once in a while my friends back home are like come back and do your private lessons for 100 bucks an hour like you used to like nah, i'm i'm happy (laughs) yeah i'm I'm right where i'm supposed to be the hockey gods sent me here and
0: that's where i'm at i i understand the one thing i want to do and it's not to make money is do my skills days around here again is i did a little pop-up one around christmas had out like 40 50 kids and I could tell the kids had enjoyed it. I enjoyed doing it. Um, And then when you go watch a random game in town or you see kids around the arena, you're like, oh, hey, hey. And then or you want to watch them and see how they're doing now because you get more invested in the kids you've been on the ice with. Yeah, that's great. I need to do one before the season starts. Eh? a little pop-up skill session, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The kids love it, too, so.
0: Uh, yeah, when it's fun, then that's what it's supposed to be about, right? <laughs> fun is fun. Right. And then your one next poster pick, drinking out of a tiny trophy. You guys didn't build that cup big enough, eh?
1: <laughs> that was actually the Friendship League trophy. Uh, that's oh. why it's, it's the most recent photo. You didn't build uh, that gave, one, they eh? They the, uh... Be better. No, no.
0: You need that, a better cup. Yeah. <laughs> you need to drink you need... <laughs> Yeah, you're only putting shots in that thing. <laughs> Well,
1: The guy who, the guy who won that the last time had the same exact photo. So he's like, look at this photo. And so I like, all right, let's do the same thing. You know, and that's, mm-hmm. that's why that photo came up. Uh, yeah. That's the yeah. friendship
0: league championship cup. Yeah. Um, so a, fun. there is a winner and a loser in the friendship league. Um. Not really. Like
1: they, they have a championship trophy and the championship trophy goes to the person who had the most, you know, valor, you know, whatever. And that's what it was.
0: Oh, I gotcha. <laughs> Um, Our team didn't win <laughs> no that's yeah no it's, it's like the opposite of winning um but it looked like everybody enjoyed the game so that's the picture of the like I originally thought it was one team until I looked harder and there's the white and green jerseys and then the yellow team jerseys so um yep. looked like everybody enjoyed it nobody nobody got carried yep. away then hacking and slashing and mucking it up then
1: no that's a, it's it's uh that's part of why we didn't win. Um, we kind of gave them too much respect. Everyone mm-hmm. was watching them, like watch them play. Oh my God, look at their passing and everything. I'm like, yeah, yeah, guys, but we are better than them. Right. We are. So let's you, just go and do it. And yeah. And, they, and that they, is they what happens
0: though. I, as a coach, I've seen it. Well, I'm thinking as a coach, like, cause back when I was a player, if the coach overhyped the other team or, we did stuff differently because it's so and so team and they're so good. It's like, well, then you get to the game and you're like, Oh my gosh, like how good are they? Are they really this good? Instead of going out there and mucking it up and just outworking them and saying, Hey, we're as good as anybody. (laughs) Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We didn't do it. We didn't battle in the corners. We didn't take the puck from them. We just kind of watched them do their breakouts. Like, yeah, you can't win doing that. Come on, Yeah. But but it was a lot of fun. A beautiful, b- beautiful group of people, and um, and our club showed them exactly who we are down here in our hockey culture. And they left like they're coming back for sure. They're yeah. like they they loved it here. the The people here, the hockey community is is wonderful. You come here to visit, and you like I got stuck here. I'm here for five years now just because I met them.
0: Well, and it's like, for me, it's like, I talk about just sending shirts around. It's like, geez, I'd love to send myself around the world and see all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I would love to go down there and check this out and play hockey with the folks down there and show them what's up. <laughs> show them oh, yeah. how, so, how, you know, how talented a fat guy can be. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but like, Wait, they say,
1: there, when, there's so many they places You, were? you said, uh, <laughs> they said you were soft or like, what was it? Smushy? Or oh, no, I, uh, I have episode. body
0: like a milk bag. <laughs> a That's bag it. of milk Buy like a milk bag. <laughs> yeah. Um so that was the coach in Denmark that was the review he got was that I was a good player and a good guy in Silky myths, but body like a bag of milk. Um <laughs> and um before that in Germany <clears throat> my nickname or what the GM and coach called me was um Kugelblitz and in German that <laughs> means uh round lightning. <laughs> So uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> and, pretty
1: good. That's a good and, one.
0: Well, um in college they called me fat pants, <laughs> like SpongeBob SquarePants. They called me fat pants. Is all very hurtful, right? Yeah, <laughs> was, no. I did the best I could. It's a call- body type issue. I blame my dad. <laughs> right? No,
1: they used to call me a uh, like freight train because I would just run, run people over. Just
0: give <laughs> it name
1: I can remember. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's been different doing different ways,
0: right? Uh, uh yeah. round lightning I I guess isn't that bad, right? They still put the lightning yeah. part in, but then I hurt my knee and then right. I was just round. I didn't have the blitz anymore. I was just cool. <laughs> right. <laughs> ah, what do you do, right? Um, yeah. so what uh do you think? Let's upset people. Free ads, folks. What's the best restaurant in town in Ushuaia, Argentina?
1: Well, that's the thing. Locals don't eat out. Um, Only all the, the restaurants do. are for tourists. Yeah. All the restaurants are for tourists. Um, I could blow up some people's spots and say they're the best, but I mean, uh, that's the other thing I like about it though, is how about this? There are no fast food restaurants. There are no chain restaurants. It's all locally owned restaurants. That's what you're telling about me. Australia there's no
0: McDonald's,
1: just, no McDonald's, no Burger King, no Wendy's, nothing like that. That's really cool.
0: Uh, there's yeah, not many there places is, in the world a, without
1: those. There is a mustasa, which means mustard, which is a burger uh, chain, but they're like in all the shopping malls and we have a shopping mall. So there is that one, but I guess, um, well, when the research team
0: got creepy, (laughs) um, it said Ushuaia is 80,000 folks. That's quite a few.
1: Yeah. Ushuaia has 80,000. Um, I'd say like 80, it grows, it's growing constantly, but, um, the thing I like, I think the best thing about Ushuaia, though, is that everyone's active. Everyone's kayaking, living. snowboarding, skiing, living. Everyone's outside. No one, no one lives inside. You, you go to work, you go out and do something. It's um, it's part of what I fell in love with here. Is like, I can't find anyone who's not active. Everyone's mm-hmm. Facebook feeds or you know, and Instagrams are just like madness. It's like. Yeah. And it's daily. It's not like a picture from five years ago. It's daily updates of madness in the mountains, in the, you know, in the Beagle yeah. canal. It's
0: and awesome. I know what you mean by that. Cause like my thing is, it's a good day for living. And like, when I'm done work, like the kids and I are going to go do something fun. We're I'm going to figure out something fun to do every day. I don't care if it's Monday or Tuesday and that could be just hitting the shed on my lunch hour, but it also could be, you know, jumping off the pier, going fishing, like, Sitting around's boring, <laughs> you know. That's true. I agree. Fun, fun is fun. That's right. Fun is fun. Winning's fun. That's right. I learned from you. <laughs> uh, it, and it's true. <laughs> Think about it, folks. <laughs> Running a muck's fun, and it's a lifestyle, right? <laughs> yeah, Su- like and, and, and sucking sucks. <laughs> um, because it it does. Losing sucks. It's like the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I guess it's all Spanish in the locker room then, eh? Yeah,
1: uh, absolutely. <laughs> it's all Spanish in the locker room. Uh, every once in a while, I have a line mate who speaks English, and if I if I need to get it across quickly, I'll I'll speak tell him in English. But your Spanish that, uh, is pretty
0: well Spanish. fluent now, though, eh?
1: <laughs> I wouldn't say fluent, but it's understandable. Everyone knows what I'm saying and what I mean, <laughs> and
0: that's all that matters. Um, so do you yeah. ever make it back home?
1: I haven't yet. Uh, I've been nine years away from home. Is that
0: right? It's a long time. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. So <it's laughs> my funny. parents, my parents say that a lot. <laughs> and have they been able but to make wife, it to Ashwaya?
1: No, they they won't do that. They're not travelers. They they like their they're retired. They like their hometown. They're they're comfortable. Yeah. Um. But yeah, my wife's getting her visa right now, so. Um, once she gets her visa and she's allowed to travel to the United States, uh, we're going to go visit them. So next year.
0: You. Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting, right? Cause as, uh, as a parent, now you think of it differently when I was the young hockey player, I didn't, I was just on my mission. I was going to do my thing. I was going where hockey was taking me and you don't really think of the parents side of things until like your kids show potential stuff and you're like i can't imagine that in a f- not many years that they could just be like gone doing their thing right right
1: mm-hmm. yeah i can't imagine what my parents think i talk to them as much as i can but i'm a busy guy too and so
0: <laughs> well you parents. are bit bu- you are a busy guy um and i'm gonna have to let you get back to the pro shop too eh? yeah mm. <laughs> it's about that time is it well um I guess I don't really have anything else other than I have written down aspirations in the game and life. I guess it's continue on the path you're doing.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, I want to make hockey more accessible to all of South America, not just to this town um, as it's, it's super hard for this town to get stuff in and out because of our insane um, import tax, but I want to make hockey more accessible to everyone. Um, equipment, Equipment sticks, pucks. I mean, we can't even get pucks down here because they're too heavy to ship. Uh, it's really difficult. So making things more accessible to a new culture of hockey and creating a new ho- culture of hockey is on my high list of goals. But that's coming from a guy who has nothing in the bank.
0: Um, yeah. And uh, just, just hopes and dreams. And I'm working one day at a time. Well, and um, you seem like you're doing everything you can. And as I would say, you're running amok. And um, like you are getting sticks in people's hands. You are 400 new hockey players in four years. Like that's, that's wild numbers. And um, that's something you should be proud of. Oh,
1: thank you. And, and, uh, and it's just a start. I, I, as far as I'm concerned, we just got started. So.
0: Well, and it's, it's neat seeing stuff like that happen in different pockets of the world. It's like when I went over to Cardiff, they hardly had any, minor hockey going on really um it was mainly public skating and figure skating going on but then you see it after our team wins a championship that year they bring in great guys that are shed guys that take time with kids and fans and then boom the eight years later i've got to watch this from afar there's kids more kids playing hockey because of the people taking the time to get to know them, that their heroes would come talk to them after a game and sign things. It is like what O'Reilly's done for my son now, but it's the Joey Martins and Cardiff and all these guys that have changed a hockey cult. Not they haven't changed the culture, but they've, they've grown it and there's more people playing the sport and enjoying the sport. And the hockey family is bigger there now because of, of low I guess I've just watched it happen and you're going to get to do that down there and you are watching it happen and to think where you could be in eight to ten years right when the kids that are just getting a tipo nine stick now um well you you see them in eight to ten years and you know you see them grow and become hockey people that's that'll that'll be some fulfilling shit for you
1: (laughs) yeah I mean um not that, I, not that I coached them throughout their whole careers, but I just watched uh, one of my mite squirts from back when I lived in New York City got drafted for Ottawa Senators, uh, and another one of my mites just got picked up by ha- uh, Harvard University, And I, I can guarantee he's going to get drafted next year in fourth round. Um, so yeah, I've, I've been there with that side of it. Um, like I've, I've seen these young kids. I'm still in touch with their families. Um, but I want to see it happen here now. Now it's, now it's time to do it as a, as an adult <laughs> and with a whole new culture and, and watch it grow. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. It's, uh, I, I, I'm happy for you. It seems like you're happy and you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. And, um, yeah. very similar to me. And I want to do that for, well, we've made Concord home. Uh, my kids consider this home. It's really what they know. Um, I want to do that for my son and his friends and my daughter and her friends that when they get older or the parents that are a part of these teams, the kids that were a family for life. Like when you're on my team, you're on my team for life. And like, I'm always going to care about you and what you're up to and how you're doing. And yeah, it's fun to see people be successful. Right. Yeah, I
1: I always hear you choking up when you talk about having to cut kids and stuff, and I I know I know that that hurts you a lot, and I know it chokes you up. Uh, don't it, even it like the little be. punks.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, but I, I think that we I think we're both very similar in that aspect too. I, I get I get choked up when I talk about these kids and these families, and
0: uh, yeah, yeah, I I feel you, dude. <laughs> I feel you. Uh, yeah, well, it's like when you see the kid wearing your shirt and then you take a picture together, and, or like the kids I got to take. To uh, the rink the last few days to skate with O'Reilly and you just see when they first meet him and you see their face and then by the end of the hour like they looked at him that way like he and it's very much how I grew up I thought these NHL people were different like they were they were always just what you heard about and saw on TV you didn't know any of them you didn't know what they were really like and then when these kids sit in the locker room with us and they by the end of our time at the rink, they realize he's just a normal, nice guy, like the rest of us. He's just really good at hockey, right? And like <laughs> then they start realizing it that like he's just a normal guy. He's and I like, can be that guy, right? And then they, <laughs> then they then they then they can picture that like they aren't different than you, like they fart and shit just like yeah. you, right? <laughs> right, exactly. And, and I think it's huge because when I first got into pro. And I saw some guys on TV in the AHL, and I had seen them. And it was like, we talked about when you start watching other people play, instead of worried about yourself, um, you don't play good. And I saw people that like, and then I couldn't believe they were my teammates or I couldn't believe I was playing against them. And then all of a sudden you're watching yeah. instead of doing right.
1: Right. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I never got, I never
1: got to play high level. Um, I, you know, as a, I never got to play pro or anything. Um, I kind of got shied away from going anywhere, you know. To my my family kind of put me on the cheapest team every season and
0: let you be it, a part it of it, but to, not full go. Yeah.
1: Yeah. When it, when it came time like uh, like I can make that team. I can make that team. Yeah, but why don't you just play in your high school team instead? You know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You know. Yeah. But yeah. So so I never got to play high level, but I I got to coach kids uh, to get to a high level. So I I.
0: I, and you get to be I a part see, of that. Right. Yeah. 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 You get to be a part that's what
1: of I it. Say, like I'm a, that's what I would say. Like I'm a hockey, no one, but you know, I'm doing, I'm doing what I, the part of the hockey that the hockey gods told me to do, you know, not everyone I'm, can play in the, in the show.
0: <laughs> well, and one of my new favorite songs is like this brother's Osborne. They got the uh, might as well be me, which has been huge for me to realize I could be myself and come out of my shell later in my career and life. And, um, it's not a bad thing to be yourself. Um, and then the, I'm not for everyone. Well, there's another one that's called nobody's, nobody. And it's like, when you think about the people I have on, on in the shed, it's like, yes. well, none of us are famous and all of us came close to whatever. And it's like, well, nobody's nobody. And like, you think of all the people that are listening to this stuff. And then you hear that people are getting their jerseys retired around the world. And, Um, like what you're doing there is making a huge impact and people may not know who you are and what you're doing, but it, it is a big deal, you know? Yeah. I I mean, I appreciate that. And I
1: appreciate being on your podcast because some of the, 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 the names you have on your, some of the people you've, you've interviewed, uh, you know, they've played some pretty good hockey and to be just a small, you know, have my name in that list just uh, means a lot to me.
0: Well, not, I, I was, I was shook the other day was I wanted a guy on and I wrote to him and I said, will you please come on? And he wrote back, I'm not a good enough hockey player to come on your podcast. And I was devastated because that is not why I do this. That is not who I try to have on are the people with big hockey careers. I try to have on shed guys and gals that are the good people around the hockey world doing good things. And that fella I got my truck stuck on a side road in the middle of winter because uh, it was during all the baloney. I need to get out of the house. And I went down a road that had no winter maintenance and I shouldn't have. Well, I call this fella and he gets in his tractor right away and gets me out of there. Or I was screwed. And I also played senior hockey with him. Like I know who he was. He was the guy that was bringing the team together, planning the curling tournaments, planning the chicken wing night. He is a shed guy and the type of guy I want to have on. And then he told me he wasn't a good enough hockey player. Appalling.
1: It sounds like a shed guy. It sounds like a good dude. I want to. And, and that's
0: that, why I wanted to when, talk to him. <laughs>
1: you know, when when you get when you get when you get him on, remind me which episode so I can listen. Yeah, well, I listen
0: to all of them anyways. So I'm I'm gonna I'm lure it. him in. I don't care what he says. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, thanks for coming on and everything you're doing. Um, I lost my love of hockey there for a while when I first got out of playing, and it's all back now. And actually, is. I lo- I think I love it more than I ever did at playing now that I'm into this other side of being in my shed and coaching. And um, when I see people like you doing great things in the world, and maybe people don't know enough about it and that I can help just a little bit, get the, the word out there. I think it's pretty neat and uh, looking forward to seeing the pictures of you hoisting the, the um, Copa Fin del Mundo, the Copa Fin del Mundo folks. That means yep. Cup, the end of end of Earth. That's mundo. Yep, yeah,
1: yep. Mundo's Earth.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So go go Ushuaia,
1: right? Yeah, uh, Club Endino Ushuaia. Club Endino Cow.
0: Cow. You guys are the cows. I'd fit right in. (laughs) It's C A U Club Endino Ushuaia Cow. (laughs) And this has been another episode of Two L's and Hockey Tales with Mindy and Wally. Some people clap on the one and three. Some people clap on the two and four. Some people
1: don't join at all because they got no rhythm. and That's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive
0: them. I'm like Scott, cause I'm a